Yes, 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 yes. It says it's starting. Oh, and we are now live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. We are so happy to be here tonight. Aaron, man, I tell you, we've got tons and tons and tons of soccer stuff to talk tonight. Soccer stuff. I just said soccer stuff. Wow. And, um, you know, I I got to say that uh, representing the red, white, and blue. Usa, Usa, Usa. Man. It's almost like the entrance of a Rocky movie, you know. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. I don't know. Um, how you doing today, man? I am excellent. Um, as good as a Manchester United fan can be these days. Oh, um, dude, yeah, dude. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am. I'm so sorry. Eh, it's tough. Um, you know. Um, I guess we could start there. Um, <laughs> Okay. There's there's, okay. pl- there's plenty of action and and there's not that yeah. there's not a great deal of, of fun things to talk about with Manchester United so um, just hop right in on it you know it, it looks like we're gonna sign Eric Ten Hag um, and and you feel pretty good about this right you feel good about it yes from a managerial perspective I think he's a very good choice yes okay the problem is, is that I don't I don't think it's really the manager that's been the biggest issue. At Manchester United over the last couple of no, years, no, um, you know you can say what you want about uh, you know Jose Mourinho and and some of his antics and what he's like in his second and third year in a contract, um, the shortcomings of an ex- inexperienced manager like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, and you know what Ralph Rangnick has to offer at this stage of his career. Right. But ultimately, these are all decisions that have made that have been made by the board. Um, mm-hmm. And the board has not backed these managers uh, appropriately in the transfer windows and getting them the players that they want. To be fair, the players have not performed either. So, right, right. you know, can Ten Hag get the best out of these guys? Look, if he's, mm-hmm. if he's, um, um, you know, given carte blanche, you know, and can walk in and say, you know, I've got a vision and this, these are the players I need and this is how long it's going to take and mm-hmm. the people don't get in his way. Then yeah, yeah. This this could be the resurgence of Manchester United back to the club they need to be. But he's got no control over whether or not the Glazers choose to invest in the ground, uh, the training ground, the facilities, all that stuff. Sure, so sure, um, there's a lot wrong at the club right now, and and until all of that gets addressed, a lot of this is window dressing. But here's what I want to say, and, and, and this is, I guess, the first engaging question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rangnick, I mean, the guy is... I mean, he's Manchester United. He's 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 part of the club. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy, you know, is part, part of the, the lore that is, you know, Manchester United. <sighs> How big is it having the interim tag in front of you? I mean, how big is that? It's it's got to play into some you know some of this. It's got to. I I agree. Um, you know, in retrospect, I understand what they've attempted to implement, and you know, if Rangnick moves upstairs uh, to uh, 
you know, the, you know, more of a technical director or sporting director or whatever mm -hmm. they're going to call mm -hmm. him. Um, you know, I can see that being beneficial. I, I can see that really, really working out. Testing. I, I, um, no, it, I'm, you, I'm sorry. It, it was, that's the correct side. I hear you. The correct fine. side. Yeah. Really? I hear you. Yeah. I, I like hear like echoes and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I drank too much before, but well, you're close to that back wall. So you're getting, uh, you're getting a little bit of that. That's why you want okay. well, to cock off to this side bit. just yeah, a little know, bit. Uh, see, that's um, what she said. Yes. Anyway, anyway, um, you know, as an example of, of what we're talking about and how the board is, is kind of interfering with things. You know, it was largely believed Paul Pogba was going to be allowed to leave at the end of the season. Sure. And it would have been on a free, and that's a huge loss. But now we're hearing rumors that he's being offered a 500,000-pound-a-week contract. And it's, you know, I understand you want to give a guy incentives to stick around, but has he been worth it? Does he deserve that kind of contract? And I think a lot of people would say no, and it sounds like a lot of people in the locker room have a problem with that. Yeah. And at a time when we already have problems in the locker room, we already have, you know, these cliques apparently and animosity over who's in charge mm -hmm. and, you know, who's getting paid how much money, giving a guy who is largely seen as a passenger when he should be a leader, that kind of money is going to, I think, cause a few guys to pause a little bit and either you know come back and say well i had a better season than paul pogba did last year so yeah. it's time for you to give me my money or they're just finally going to say this club really has its head up its ass and i'm going elsewhere but wouldn't you agree i mean so far up up to now mm -hmm. wouldn't you agree that um I, in my opinion it's just me but that david de gea has had the best season of anyone on manchester united's yeah, I mean, from a consistency standpoint, you have to say that David's been one of the best players of the year, and yeah. that that's why we bought him. It's why he's been one of the best goalies around for mm -hmm. the better part of a decade, bar a couple seasons there. But there were a couple seasons that, were it not for David De Gea, uh, we wouldn't have finished even as as you know the positions that we were. And, and, yeah. and he's probably largely responsible for some of our ability to even be in the position we are right now to still be in touching distance of the top four. A lot of these goals that we've coughed up have not had David De Gea's name on them. Well, I think for as, as well as last year as the guys played, you know, Rashford and, and those guys, how well they played last year, if you do not have a, a, a David De Gea playing at his average, you don't yeah. finish second. No, no, not at all. No, no question about it. But, you know, there's, there's an argument to be made for, you know, David De Gea's importance to the team this year. And despite, you know, recent form, you got to say that Cristiano Ronaldo has scored some goals that have kept us oh, sure. in games or won oh, yeah. games and, and, and things of that nature. Absolutely. So he's at least living up to a portion of his price tag. I'd like to see him be more of a leader. But, you know, Pogba's been out for long periods. He had an injury. Um, and, you know, I can't really think of too many games where you would legitimately say Paul Pogba bossed this game. Yeah. And yeah. we should be talking about that on a pretty regular basis. There there should be games where he's unplayable. Yeah. No, I, you were mentioning that mentioning that before we even came on the air, man. I mean, you know, Paul Pogba is the type of player that if used correctly, mm -hmm. um takes over a game yeah. and, you know, he he knows how to 
how to score. I mean, he knows how to score. He knows how to distribute. He knows how to do those type of things. And and I guess that's my, you know, that's why I go to, to that question, mm -hmm. you know, that interim manager thing, that yeah. interim, you know, it, you know, rain it, it, for all of the, for all the criticism that he, he got because of that title, because of that term, did he not get the respect, not only from the team, but from the front office that I think that he needed in order to write this Titanic? I mean, some of this is some behind the scenes inside baseball that we're probably never going to mm. know. Right, uh, unless you're, you're not inside, unless you're a fly on the wall in the locker room and you're really seeing what's going on, um, you know the reality is you you have you you've signed a contract at a club and you are there to play and to win regardless of who that player is. And unless your personal relationship with the guy right. is horrible, then you really need to go along with it. What I would see is we've not seen very much creativity in the use of Paul Pogba. I would say Rengnick has used him a bit more in that advanced left-side role than okay. previously. Okay. But that may have as much to do with Marcus Rashford being in terrible form as anything else. Man. So, you know, and, and I've been saying it for years, you've, you've got this superstar player and you know you look when he played at Juventus the guy was amazing mm -hmm. and and you know mm -hmm. big part of that is he did have some great players around him um anytime he puts on a France uniform the guy's a, a world class player again look at who's around him so that does play a big part but that does not excuse some of the sort of lack of interest in his performances yeah, yeah. and you know all i care about is that he would work hard and help us get to where he need where we need to be and then if you want to go to madrid and they can afford you that that's fine you mm -hmm. know i i understand the the greener pastures aspect of it yeah. it's just i i think there are just so many things going on that we can't truly understand yeah. that it, it it's it's got a lot more to do than the X's and the O's. Who needs to go, man? Who who needs to just go? I mean, obviously there there's a there's a big problem in the front office. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, there's a huge problem in management and and and, and things like that. It, it, it I totally get it. But in your opinion, who needs to just go? Because you cannot get past the fact, like you said, there there's a whole locker room issue going on. Mm -hmm. It man you and you know we, we've talked about it in the past weeks uh, you know Maguire being unfortunate the unfortunate recipient of, of a couple of own goals you know this past month that really hurt um, you know you, you've got guys that are you know aren't aren't getting the playing time they want mm -hmm. who you know are undermining some things in a locker room supposedly yeah uh, you know, and now with the announcement of you know Pogba getting this 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 huge um, you know salary, uh, what is that going to do to the locker room? We don't mm -hmm. know, but just in your opinion, man, who needs to go? This has been a popular thing, and and you know you you could you could do a real real long deep dive on this, but I'm going to keep this to guys that are getting regular first team playing time right now, okay. um, and and just do a quick once over. Yep. Um, I think David De Gea should stay one more season. Um, his contract mm. has become problematic in my mind, but because of his contract, it's not really a lot of teams who are going to be able to afford him. And he's been one of our best players. He deserves. So if he wants to be here, yes. and until we're in a position to be like, hey, you know, 
we can give you your testimonial and it's time for you to go back to Atletico or, or whatever. Uh-huh. He should stay. I think Dean Henderson should probably move on. I mean, the guy's been talked mm. about, you know, as being good enough to play for England. And while he's at Manchester United and David De Gea is on this form, he, he's not going to get playing time and he shouldn't get playing time, in my opinion. Sure. Everybody's, sure. you know, he played well on loan um, for those couple of seasons and it's nice, but uh, I just don't see enough in him uh, that, that makes him, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying we wouldn't bring in other people. Lee Grant and Tom Heaton are, well, they're, they're aged to, to say yeah, the least. I mean, but finding a backup goalkeeper for De Gea shouldn't be a problem. No, um, I would keep Lendeloff. Uh, he's been a bit mm. of a mixed bag, okay. um, but uh, you know w- when he plays, you know what you're going to get. Uh, yeah. It's generally about a six and a half out of ten, which I'd like a little bit more. But maybe if we could, you know, get him more consistently alongside somebody. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's injury prone, certainly not compared to a guy like Eric Bailly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he has demonstrated a little fragility. Uh, speaking of Eric Bailly, it's just time for go. Uh, time for him to go. He's just not been able to, to hang. Phil Jones, I mean, it, it's sad what's happened to his career, but he needs to go. Uh, Harry Maguire. Oh, this is going to. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. It's gotta hurt. What man. else? Well, I have no personal allegiance to Harry Maguire, and we okay. overpaid okay. for what has you know been a slightly above average defender, all things considered. What he's mm-hmm. really, really good at isn't defending. He's really, really good at picking a pass between lines, carrying the ball forward, and helping out um, as an attacker in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen what he can do for England. I wouldn't get rid of him just now. That said, um, you know. Rangnick needs to start managing him mentally, yeah. um, and uh, Eric Ten Hag is going to need to have a conversation with him very, very early on. Sure. Rafa Varane, um, I, I would keep him um, again, very injury prone, um, but I think at his best, he's you know he's a world class defender. He's Absolutely. he's won the Champions League, he's won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Diego Delote, you know, if we can find a a, a right back, um, I think. Delote should probably go. I don't really think that he's got enough one way or the other. And he's the kind of guy I think who, if he went to, you know, go go back to Italy, go to Spain, I think he could be successful. Sure. Um, I'll keep them together. I think Shaw and Tellez uh, are both good. Yes. Um, they each offer something slightly different to each other, and they're both left-footed. Um, Luke's had a downturn in form this year, but uh, I, you know, I'm just gonna say that obviously the 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 revealed that the rod that he had in his leg has been causing him problems recently, yeah, so he's having yeah. surgery on that. Tellez, I think, has really been good to push Shaw, and he offers a few things that are different. So to me, the left side is really the one place where I, I don't feel like we really have to worry about upgrading. You know, if, if right. somebody came out of the blue and, and we wanted and it was a good deal, okay, but we've got two solid left side players right, right there. And uh, you know, Luke can play left side of a back three if you need. Tellez can really be advanced, mm-hmm. so I like them. Can I can I say something real quick yeah. about Shaw? Shaw, I mean, for for as many times he puts his foot in his mouth, I think I think United needs somebody like Luke Shaw. They yeah. need a you know kind of that agitator mm-hmm. kind of that can get in there. I think that he could step into the position of you know. Kind of what, um, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, just 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 that person to come mm. in and challenge and to say, hey, look, we need to we need to pick this shit, you know, yeah. this up. We need to pick it up. 
I'd keep Juan Basaka. Uh, again, I think we need to upgrade on the right side no matter what. Him and Delote just really haven't been hold it, able to hold it down. But mm-hmm. um, I think Juan Basaka can be seen as a specialist defender. Um, and mm. you know when you're when you're going to play. I mean, he's had Raheem Sterling in his pocket for about the last three years. <laughs> I think if you're going away in Europe and you're going to be playing against a, a, a speedy winger, uh, you just know that you you know he doesn't get forward quite the same way. He's not going to give you a lot of end product, but mm-hmm. in certain games you don't need that. And and he's somebody who can help you out. Okay, Brandon Williams. I've just not seen enough from him on his loan spell at Norwich. If they want him, mm. uh, let's see if they'll take 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 him for a decent price. Same with Twan Zabi. Unfortunately for Axel, he's just had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. He's not going to get game time if he comes back to United. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's happy at Napoli if they want him. Take it. Ted Mendy, still young. No reason to leave just sure. right now. Sure. Paul Pogba. Um, well, I mean, stuck. I mean, <laughs> look, uh, if he wants to leave, he can leave because he's going to be out of contract. Um, I don't know about this whole 500,000 pounds a week thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that. To me, that's an Eric Ten Hag, Paul, Paul Pogba conversation. Yeah. And yeah. and he's going to need to have that conversation with several guys. And it's not a beg Paul Pogba to stay. It's a, hey, man, this is what I'm going to need from you. Yes. Can you do it? Yeah. It's a it's another job interview. Yep. Juan Mata, I love you. Great servant. Time Mata's, to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and not time to go in a bad way. Just, just I, I want the best for him. Yes. Go, go back to your Spanish club yep. and finish out a few years. He deserves it. Jesse Lingard, I'd love to stay, but if I was Jesse Lingard, I'd leave. Uh, I mean, he's been treated so poorly by this club. I know a lot of people don't mm. like his clothing line and think he's helped contribute to some of this, and maybe he has. Um, but I, I've always liked Jesse Lingard. He's one of those almost there kind of players. But last year showed you exactly what he can do. Gave him free reign at a club like West Ham. He can play well. He played well for England at the Euros. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the guy's clearly quality. Mm-hmm. Andreas Pereira, nah, just not good enough. Okay. Um, Ahmad, uh, I'd like to see him getting a little bit more game time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ahmad and Facundo, I think, kind of occupy the same space. They're very young. They're promising. I don't think they're costing us a whole lot of money. So let's see if they're ready to get into the first team. Sure. But if next year, if they can't start getting themselves into the first team and demonstrating at least a little bit of what mm-hmm. they got, then... No, uh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be worth it? Uh, well, no, I guess not. Because I mean, technically, technically, you're still fighting for fourth. You're still fighting sure. for fourth. Sure. I was going to say, wouldn't it be worth it to kind of see him in action right if, now? If numerically we find ourselves in a position where we can't, like, say, maybe we've gotten ourselves where the last three games of the season we can't. Yeah, I, I would start playing all the young guys and and seeing what's available and getting ready for next year and, and experimenting with lineups. Um, but for as long as mathematically we can be in it, you've, you've got to play the guys that you think are going to sure, win. Sure. Um, Fred stays one of the hardest workers at the club, and I ultimately believe if we get the system correct, he can be very, very useful. Mm-hmm. He's been very, very good in a slightly more advanced role, still part of that you know, base, but you know, they seem to work it out where McTominay sits a little bit more and Fred's able to get forward, and he's really, really been involved. He scored some goals. He's been yeah. involved in the attack, so yeah. I like it. Bruno obviously stays. I mean, um, yeah. I, mean I, I think maybe making captain. I um, agree. Nemanja, yeah. time to go. Love the guy, but you know it, it's Matic. Yeah, really? I, I mean, okay. you're just at that point. I mean, I, I'm just guessing he's probably 33, 34 years old mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I, I love it, but you know, hopefully we're going to implement a system where we're not going to need to bring on a guy like Nemanja mm-hmm. to be our quarterback to try to get a goal late in the okay. game. Okay. Um, I, I think you just move him on. 
um, and and try to find a younger guy maybe through the academy to help mm-hmm. out. Donnie, I mean, this seems like a match made in heaven for him to come back here and get a fresh start with Eric Ten Hag. Um, he was vital to that IX team and their deep run in, in the Champions League. I mean, he was on the verge of being world-class, and I think to come back and play for Ten Hag gets him in a position to be back in good graces with the Netherlands. Okay. And that's exactly what a lot of these guys want to be focusing well, on sure, is getting sure. ready for next next uh, next World Cup. James Garner, it's about time to start getting him some first-team time. He scored some goals. He's doing really well on loan at Knott's uh, Forest, I think. So, yeah, definitely a keeper. McTominay, a keeper. Um, but if we bring in Declan Rice or mm-hmm. um, I think think we're looking at some uruguayan dude that's playing in italy i'm not quite sure um that might begin to spell the end of his time okay. but until we've got somebody else um he's useful mm-hmm. uh, again i think the next manager is going to have to say here's what i need from you mm-hmm. can you do it mm-hmm. um he's just not developed as much as i would have hoped um but a lot of guys have stagnated this season so we'll sure. see what a new manager does for him uh, Hannibal, kind of same with James Garner. It's about time to start getting him a bit more first-team action to right. see what he can contribute. And right. he's a youngster. Cristiano, um, nobody's going to be able to take him. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think, Eric, again, Ten Hag has got to come in and say, look, man, this is the role you're going to play, mm-hmm. and there's no discussion to be had. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to convince you that it's a very, very good thing for you, and you're still going to get your shine. But you're not going to be a pain in the ass to this club the way mm-hmm. you've been sometimes. Mm. Uh, Tony uh, would love it if Tony came back um, with the right mindset, but I don't think he's going to. And if Sevilla want him and can pay for him, do it. Marcus would love to see him get back on track, so I don't want him going anywhere just yet. This person doesn't exist to me until we find (laughs) out what's going on. Tahith has never really quite uh, elevated his game for me, so maybe one more loan spell, but it might be time to sell him. Anthony, uh, young, I mean, young youngster starting right to make there, bones. Man. So this yeah. time next year, I think we should be, you know, having a conversation about should this kid be a regular starter. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I agree. Jaden has been one of the few bright spots for us this season. So uh, obviously, stick around. I mean, it's just been his first year. Mm-hmm. Took him a minute to settle in, but he's done all right. Edinson, time to go. Same sort of thing. Money, I mean, he's just yeah. his age, everything. Um, you know. Maybe it's time for him to go to L.A. or Atlanta or Miami or something like that. There you go. Make a few bones and, and score easy. Yep. Shola needs to probably start making a name More for himself in, in the first team. He's had a couple opportunities, um, but, you know, he's young, so we don't need to worry about that. So yeah. that's the first squad. I mean, I don't think there were too many so guys there that I said definitely got to go. Yeah, no, no, no. But I think it really depends on, you know, what Ten Hag's plan is mm-hmm. and what kind of players we want to bring in. Um because it it's we've got to create a team for the man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so with that, oh, it's halftime. Snap, snap. Let's see. Do, oh. we, do we have oh, there do we, we have go. halftime music? Do we? We'll do. You know, can we do in that? honor of the Champions League this week? We'll... There we go. Oh, I'm going to cover this up so that that way we don't know what's going on. Um, my halftime shot mm. goes to, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's a new podcast. That, oh, uh, lovely. Friend, good good friend of the pod. Yeah, good friend of the pod, um, you know, and uh, Desiree Garcia and Michelle Freed. 
uh, launch of the podcast. For those of you familiar with our previous work, you will recognize Miss Freed. Yeah, absolutely. She was a honored guest on the show. Regular and, contributor. Exactly. And they now have a podcast called um, the the Cuban and the Sooner. Excellent. Excellent. And it's uh, talking about like workplace uh, work life teetering. Uh, Everybody needs a good done. work-life balance. Exactly, exactly. Although I, I listened to it today, they don't believe in the word balance. It's teetering. So okay, it's all right. Like I understand. Hey, we're all screwed up. Buzzwords. You know, there, I like there it. You there you go. I like it. So, you right. know, cheers. Uh, welcome to the world of pod. Yeah. And uh, guys, nothing but success. Hopefully, comes your way. So yeah, that's my halftime shot. Excellent. Well, my halftime shot goes out to um, the all of the teams. Uh, in the last few days that have played some of the highest quality oh football gosh, uh, that, that we've been treated to. Oh. I'm a United fan, and it hurts me to say this, but that City-Liverpool game oh, was one of the God. best regular season matches that there's, you know, there's stuff, there was something on the line, obviously, oh, yeah. but there there wasn't a trophy immediately being raised after no, that one. No. And the level of play, the level of intensity, the level of respect going on between the coaches, between the players, is absolutely wonderful wonderful to watch um and then yesterday we we were treated to chelsea oh, real madrid man. again from a neutrals perspective you really just you're, you're like oh this team's going away with a, a one to three deficit and they turned it around uh almost immediately it was brilliant and then yeah. it was an absolute street fight after that, that was great um speaking of street fights we got almost a real street fight <laughs> but a great match out of uh atletico and City today, and City. Yeah, uh, yeah. even even Benfica made a fist of it against Liverpool, and obviously Villarreal um, holding out on uh, Bayern Munich and causing oh a huge upset. God. So, just some of the quality of football we've gotten to watch over the last four or five days has yeah. been exceptional. Um, so that's that's me loving the beautiful game. So shout out to uh, New Pod and yep. shout out to everybody who loves a beautiful game. Slanty, slanty. Mm. Oh no. Have mercy. Oh no. Evan. Ooh. Speaking of. Yes, till I die. Absolutely, my friend. What you got for me, brother? What you got for me? Evan, have you lost any love for Chelsea mm. uh, after s just an absolute heartbreaker of a loss? Yeah. Or does this club just grow bigger and bigger in your heart every day? I tell you, it, 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 first of all, hats off uh, hats off to Real Madrid. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Benzema is just, he, he is the real deal. But I will say this, the entire club, man, hats off to you guys. Um it would be very easy being down three nil, yeah. You know, at home and hanging your heads. Uh, they came back, and you know they they won. They did win. Mm -hmm. um, this Chelsea team, for everything that is going through right now, mm -hmm. like I I legitimately love this team. Yeah, I I know that I'm not popular in saying that I'm a <laughs> Diego Costa fan. Like he's my guy. Like you know, you just have you, you've got some players. You know that that you're like, yeah, I know he's an ass, but he's your ass you know, at times. Well, he's he, my, he was, he's he was. My ass. But but 
it's it's hard not to cheer for Timo Werner. It's hard not to cheer for Mason Mount. Yeah. It's hard not to cheer for Kai Havertz and you know Hakim Ziyech and and Puli and, and those guys. Just the thing that I'm so excited about is how they got up off the mat after that. Yeah. Brand, you know, at, after absolutely after getting hammered by Brentford and then you know getting hammered by Real. Mm-hmm. You know, back to back, just like oh my God, here it goes. Mm-hmm. And, and you remember, I. I think I texted you and I said, "Okay, it, this is. I think this is the beginning of the end." Yeah, and Tuchel surprises us again. Yeah, he 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 threw a curveball, and when I saw Werner starting up front with Havertz and Mount, and you know, and Ziyech coming in and Pulisic coming, I was like, "Okay, this he may have something here." Werner has three goals in two matches, man. I'm like, you know, right. I, you know I, Lukaku has he hasn't done that all year. Yeah. And and now, granted, I'm not going to take anything away from Lukaku, but what I can say is that the exciting thing about this this team is they you can see it. They 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 love playing with with each other. They love playing with the guys, you know. Yeah. And and I think that the rotation that they have in right now can set them up to finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. I really do think that they, if, if they continue to play like they're playing now, with the teams we have coming up, because there's some tough teams. We got West Ham coming up. We've got, you know, uh, I mean, we've got a, we, we've got to play Everton. Yeah, we got to play Everton, and and they have a lot to play for, man. And so they are terrible. Uh, they're terrible, but <laughs> they beat United. But, well. They did, but what I'm saying is, is that when you know you're about to be relegated, it it just seems like sure, sure, you pack it in. Their backs are against the wall. Their backs are against the wall. So I think that this is the best combination of a team that we have to put forward right now, Mm -hmm. and I think that this team right now has the opportunity to solidify ourselves in the Champions League again next year, finishing top four, and really doing something that I think the entire world. Um, we'll look at and be like, you know what, man, these guys, wow, they pulled it together in the midst of all this crisis, yeah. and they they played football. Yeah, you know. So that's my take. I, I just, the, you guys out there who are, who are Chelsea fans, my God, I mean, it, how can you not be excited and and happy for these guys? Well, let me play devil's advocate here. Here we go. Um, I would say that. I'll, I'll go back to what I've seen as uh, the main concerns for the team, and and again reared their ugly head yesterday, yeah. is that they just aren't as clinical in front of goal as they need to be, and as mm. as mm. much of a soft spot as we hold for Timo Werner, he's not a world class striker. As I hold for Timo Werner. Well, I know I I, I, no, I, I I thought him moving to you know I liked him when I saw him playing in Germany. Sure. I thought okay this sure. this could be interesting. And unfortunately, yeah. he's just not really been able to find his goal scoring boots. Yeah, I, I would no, I would I say that I he agree. might be more useful, um, you know, as a as an a, a, a wide attacker. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of mm. role because his movement causes problems. So kind of put him in where Chilwell was. Maybe no, him out there. No, I think I would put him in the rotation with the way that Pulisic, Mount, Ziyech, okay. and Havertz okay. are, are getting used. Uh, all those guys are being used sort of anywhere across the front. Sure, um, but none of them are actually true 
number nines. Yeah. Really. Right. And, uh, you know, Lukaku has really not lived up to what he needs to. I mm-hmm. think you might actually have been better off keeping Olivier Giroud, to be honest. I agree. Um, I agree. But you create a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And without a, let's say, Harry Kane or, you know, the young guys, Erling Holland, which mm-hmm. is a pie-in-the-sky thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking an out-and-out striker. Yeah. Um, you know, Werner's not a fox in the box no, kind of guy, not, and not you and all. you really don't not possess a player like that. Now, yeah. the cynicists would look around and say, "Well, Tammy Abraham now has twenty goals in Italy." Yeah. Um, those of us who follow the game would say, "In Italy," um, <laughs> and, and I mean that's not nearly the crack no, that, right, that right. it seems. But, I I respect the Italian league, but what absolutely. I'm saying is, what it takes is vastly different. Um, the physicality, the movement, yada yada, and I, I think that is huge for Chelsea. I mm-hmm. think I think a, a priority for Chelsea has got to be an out and out striker. Um, and if apparently Harry Kane's flirting with everybody, might as well throw your hat in the ring. Might as well. Um, Erling Holland is just way too expensive, so I'm not sure I would even go for that. Right, right. But you've also got to address some of these guys that are beginning to age out. Well, and, and here's the thing too: what, how how do we flirt? We we don't know where the money's coming from right well, now. You know what I mean? And, that's and, a huge issue, especially yeah. when seven more billion dollars got <laughs> seized today. Oh my god! Yeah, I just yeah I I, mm. I yeah I think that that's the show mascot in there the background. You go. That's right. That's right. They get fired up whenever we talk. You know Chelsea and you know oligarchs and all that good stuff. They do. They um, hate the oligarchs. They do. Um, you know, with with this Chelsea team, uh, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing. You know, guys actually, actually playing. Oh, well, there you go. Um, actually playing football and, mm-hmm. and and playing together well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, like I said, I is Timo Werner a, an elite footballer? Absolutely not. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. But I think in combination that Tuchel has, you know, these guys out there. And is you know putting these guys in and out mm-hmm. and and you know exchanging and, and, and substituting and all that stuff. It, it, if if he isn't at least considered for manager of the year, Too cool. I, I, mm-hmm. you know I, I'm like under the circumstances to finish top four. If they finish top four, I get it. You're gonna look at Pep. You're gonna look at you know Klopp. I I totally get it. It, it but the guy's done a phenomenal job, man. I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know you could ask any more from him. He's done a good job to keep them focused. Yes. Um, it, you know, the, the shortcoming for Chelsea this year is that they just didn't retool as well yeah. as they could have. I mean, they won the Champions League last Especially, year. They obviously finished, you know, in, in the top four, put themselves. But defensively you, speaking, you see, you see, and I, I won't say it's a golf. It's a golf for Manchester United, right? We, we, we have a huge, huge path to climb in order to get back Chelsea have a great foundation for a club and a good mindset but it's a substantial gap you you can see the difference sure from Liverpool and City to Chelsea and you know yesterday a Real Madrid and Mm -hmm. Chelsea Mm -hmm. and you might even look at it and say Chelsea have a slightly better defense than Real Madrid but Real Madrid definitely have a better attack Absolutely. than Chelsea. Absolutely. And the, the key thing was you pinned them back for long periods of time. They got one or two opportunities, and then they scored them. Mm-hmm. You guys were battering at the door and oh, just man. couldn't even get it on frame. And yeah. it's that's 
that is just the minutia. That's mm-hmm. that's the difference right there. Mm-hmm. United aren't even in the conversation about the minutia. Well. <laughs> that that that's how far we are. You guys aren't far away. Right, right, but, right. But I think the biggest concern for most Chelsea fans right now has got to be what what is literally happening next. Not yeah. a I'm not worried about what the guys on the field are going to do. I no. bet they go out and play their asses off against Crystal Palace Absolutely. and and even if they have, you know, a bit of a letdown after, you know, a game like Real Madrid, that mm-hmm. it it happens. Yeah, happens. You're going to finish top 4 most likely. But the uncertainty is who's leading this club forward. Yeah. You know, and right. and right. the you know the the positive spin is whoever comes in has got a lot of money and is going to want to continue the success mm-hmm. that they've seen mm-hmm. out of this club. You know, this, this isn't, I'm buying Newcastle and I'm, I have to create a whole new thing. Right. This is, this is an owner coming in saying, look, I want to put my touch on it, but right. by and large, this has been one of the most successful teams over the last almost 20 years now, mm-hmm. but doesn't know his work. The Glazers have won things. The Glazers just won a Super Bowl. Sure. The Glazers have a lot of money. It's right. no guarantee. And in the interim, you know, if if look, Lukaku's probably going to go. I, I agree. Yeah, um, I, I I think so. I, I, I think really a guy like Havertz is. Oh boy, you know, I, I, I like him, but again, he's he's German, so sure, it, it's right, it's like saying right. when Cristiano wanted to leave United for Real Madrid. What's the big club to that player? Sure. Who do they want to play for? Chelsea's a massive club, but he's got his Champions League trophy. Bayern. I want to go to Bayern and, and you know play. Yeah. And you know my family. You know. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. All this stuff. You know, I, I think talking about all this, we can have all the positive spins we want, sure. but whoever buys this club, they they are going to have a PR cleanup. Mm-hmm. They still will have a PR yeah. cleanup that they have to. They've got to manage. Mm-hmm. And and I think that Chelsea fans, I think. By and large, we're 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 down. We're for the club, and I think mm-hmm. it just depends on how the new owner or yeah. owners come out. I think uh, you know if they come out and they're like, "Well, you know, we're going to change all this," and blah blah blah, and it's like, mm, okay. But I think if they embrace the guys that are there, if they are able to, you know, take care of the guys who are here. You know, I agree with you. I think that Chelsea has an incredible, incredible foundation already there in place. Yeah. That if we can keep these guys, Havertz is 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 is. I'm sorry, he he's he's one of my guys. We have to do what we can to keep him. I'm not sure that it's going to be enough. Like mm. you said, I think that there there is there is loyalty to. You know, for someone in their country. Yeah, I think that you know, unless well, it's like I got know, no idea where he is in his contract or anything like that. I'm just speculating that yeah. you know, th- this kind of uncertainty. Yeah, for a player. Oh yeah. Uh, especially in a World Cup year, mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. You know, the the last thing you want is, you know, it. I, I'm I'm sure this is on the mind of a lot of United guys right now. I'm, I might be playing on a regular basis right now, but Ten Hag plays a certain system that I'm not sure I fit into, and it's a World Cup year. Sure. Do you know if I'm Jesse Lingard, I'm fucking off to West Ham or Everton yeah. if if they if they recover or something like that, and saying make me your number ten, make me a, mm-hmm. an attacker because I got a lot to offer and I want to go to a World Cup. I mean, you said it before. If you know Declan Rice comes over, yeah. If I was Lingard, I'd be like. 
Well, uh, I'd be batting my eyes. Lingard's not in anybody's plans right now, and it's unfortunate. Um, but there's again, you know, one of those players that, given the right circumstances, mm-hmm. can flourish. And we've seen, you know, you had you've had players. I think it took Ziek quite some time mm-hmm. to really, really settle in. And for those people who saw him play at Ajax and see him play for his home nation, I think he's Moroccan. Um, no that there is plenty of talent there. Yeah. But it doesn't translate to every league. It doesn't translate to every team. Sure. And sure. you know, sometimes you've got to go look for those places that you can have that success. Havertz is playing well and yeah. he's he's in the plans. Um, but you never know what these guys personally want. You know, right. Dimitri Payet was looking great in England, but his family hated being there and they wanted to go back to France. So that's why he went back to France. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyway, that is um that's what I got to say about Chelsea. All righty. Well, we've got about 15 minutes left to get under the hour mark so we can meet our Instagram <laughs> and, 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 and other uh, other parameters. Wow, so let's switch timing. over uh, to uh, the World no. Cup analysis that we started last week. Oh, man. And uh, okay. we started with Group B for our baby Eagles, where the United States national team resides. But today yes. we're taking on Group A, mm-hmm. which consists of the hosts, Qatar or Qatar, if you insist, uh, Ecuador, Netherlands, and Senegal. Yeah. Um, I think right off the bat, one thing I found interesting today with doing a little research is this is the first time that the host nation will not play the first match of the World Cup. Oh. Uh, for whatever reason, I believe the uh. Netherlands and Senegal uh, get the opening game, which it would be fun. I mean, that that's okay. that's a, that's that's two good teams opening that, up the World gonna Cup. A, that's going to be exciting. Match. Hell of a match. Um. I'm I'm going to give my quick overview and predictions, and then you can do the same. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Qatar uh, doesn't score a goal at the World Cup, wow. and they are bounced early, just okay. like uh, South Africa in 2010. Unfortunate, but it mm. will happen. Okay. Um, I think Ecuador uh, has some work to do uh, to put themselves in the running here. I think very clearly the Netherlands are the the top team. They've had some up and down, you know, form over the last couple of years, uh, but I think Van Hal's got him playing pretty well, and I think that they've always liked him. Yep. Uh, and the whole, you yep. know, recent cancer diagnosis and him having success with that as they head into the fall, I think they're going to have kind of a, a siege mentality kind of vibe. Everybody's going to oh, yeah. rally around one yeah. another. No, I see that. Um, I see that. And then I think, you know, it's Senegal on, on recent performances, what they've been able to do in African Cup of Nations and how they qualified for the World Cup, mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a bit too much uh, for uh, Ecuador. So I'm, uh, I'm picking Netherlands to go through as the, the one team and Senegal number two. Mm. And uh, th- that would probably likely, assuming the United States get through, I think we're going to be looking at the Netherlands in the second round. It's a winnable match. Um, but gonna, you know, to get out of the group, they're gonna have to do right, and um, they're gonna have to really be focused for the Netherlands as well. But I see that team uh, potentially having a, a deep run. I don't know that they're mm-hmm. quite as stacked and quite as um, team focused as they've been in a, a few previous World sure, Cups. Sure, uh, but there's a lot of talent. Memphis is finally living up to things, mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe Donny Vandepeck comes back to United, and and that uh, kickstarts his hey, his career as well because there's. There's plenty of talent. The one thing I won't really don't want to talk about a lot is individual players, mm. simply because between now and then, who knows what can happen. 
um, especially for some of these bigger nations that you know already have a large player pool. Right. Look, right. Sadio Mane, barring an injury, is going to the World Cup yeah. for Senegal. Yeah. Um, and and you know their roster is probably not going to be shaken up a lot. Whereas Netherlands, you know, there's always room for those last four, five, six guys mm-hmm. to be some you know youngster who's really starting to make a name for himself out of PSV or Nyax, or an older player who's been on the fringe and all of a sudden is you know killing it for you know at a a, a mid-sized club somewhere. So yeah, yeah. I, st- I still think that's uh, my favorite there. Okay. Um, who you got, Evan? Well, I'm, I'm, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. And I know it's a cliche phrase from the good old ball coach, but not so fast, my friend, not so fast. I think Senegal, um, I think they, 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 they put up a, a really good fight. I'm with you with the Netherlands. I think the Netherlands are just the class of the the group. Yeah. I think that I think they go through. I'm going with Qatar, mm. um, simply because I know my man Mindy is the the goalkeeper, and it it hurts me to say that for, oh, Senegal, for Senegal. Senegal, but I just don't think. Go ahead. Oh so sexy anyway i just don't Mm. think that senegal will score like qatar can qatar Mm. can score goals now i think the big question is can they defend right you know and so i could be totally off on this or whatever but but i i think they ride the wave of the home crowd and you know i think that um you know the the shake puts enough money into somebody's pockets in senegal no i'm just kidding i'm so just kidding they're going to cancel this podcast because i said that i swear they're going to do it and and if they do it's my fault his name is evan (laughs) no 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 i i think just just the fact that they can score goals um Mm. i i think that they they take advantage of ecuador um I think Ecuador puts up a valiant fight against all three of these teams. I think Ecuador goes 0-3. Um, mm. I think um, it's between Qatar and Senegal. And I think Qatar finds a way to get it done. So Netherlands, Qatar, I think go through. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that would behoove whoever is uh, in Group B to want to finish first, mm-hmm. for sure. That said, if Qatar managed to get out of the group, then sky's the limit because obviously they've done well enough to get past not three simple teams. I mean, no, no, no. I, I don't think this is a group of death in any way, but it's not the easiest group either, I don't I, believe. I think looking at them as we go through these next few you know, podcasts, I'm not sure there is a group of death. Not I, in I the traditional sense, no, no. no, no. I think every team in each group, with the exception of a few, I think with you know three out of four teams in each group can you know look at their group mm-hmm. and go hmm yeah i yeah. think we have a chance here yeah you know so I, yeah I well think that's the, what you want yeah. that you know you want a competitive world cup you don't always want it to be the same old same old i mean we saw last time around um you know germany struggled uh in mexico and in south korea um you know, made it put put them aside so you know that's that's what we're hoping for we you know i I don't see it, but I hope Qatar is competitive. You want that one? You just want the host just, nation to be competitive I, yes, because that's, just that, competitive. that's the joy yeah. of it. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, it was, it was. I was at a fan fest uh, for the third South Africa match mm-hmm. uh, of the first round, and my goodness, it was just an absolute party. And when South Africa scored, it was fantastic. But all that's France cool. had to do 
was was score one yeah. and that was going to eliminate him yeah and uh you know that happened and and you could you you felt the sadness because the the joy coming out of the south africans and just being yeah. around it was yeah. phenomenal Absolutely. really loved it so for the sake of the tournament and sake of the the average qatari uh i i would hope so i'm going with is there such a like you know, I'm gonna have to bone up on my Qatar history and oh, okay, okay, <laughs> and learn its makeup. Your Qatar history. Let's uh, yeah, let's look at that. But yeah, no, I like I said, I I could be totally wrong, and I probably am totally wrong. But but I definitely am with you. I think Netherlands, well, you know, th they're th just too much. I think we're gonna much. have to create a spreadsheet here to get our predictions. Oh, and uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll create I, a spreadsheet. And, uh, and live we'll, podcast from our favorite place, and we, we will shots. Well, yeah, we'll we will uh, we'll we'll uh, give ourselves grades on it Ooh, as we move through the okay, tournament, and maybe okay. we can put a little wager on it as I we like go that. on. Hey, right on. I'm, I'm good with that, man. I'm right on. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's our look at Group A. Yes. So there you go. Um, which leads us into uh, our final little segment here, the Hey Aaron segment. Excellent. And um, uh, you know, I want to go ahead and just do that right there. Hey Aaron. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, hey, Aaron, who leads to you? Who's going to lead the U.S. in scoring in the 2022 World Cup? Ooh, mm -hmm. I came with it today, man. I came with it. I'm going to go with the fairly obvious choice of Pulisic for this oh. reason. Oh. I think the United, uh, or um, I think the United States, one still don't have. Um, their their number one striker. I don't think we've found it out. I don't know if mm. we think it. I don't know if it's Pepe, uh, Ferreira, Sargent, Pfock has been playing well. He's going to have to deserve his opportunities. Um, Hoppy, all these guys. Okay. No one has claimed it. No one has said this is my spot. Mm -hmm. And I think even between now and then, that guy will score some goals. But Pulisic always seems to be popping up in the right places. Okay. Um, he. He can create for himself. He creates for others, and then he finds himself as a bit of a fox in the box. You know, I mean gotcha. that that gotcha. he scored a couple goals here in the recent qualifiers where, you know, Cookies ball just kind of yeah. fell right to him, and and he's in the right place, right time. Cookies, ladies and gentlemen. We even talked That's about awesome. it earlier at the end of that Chelsea match. You know that 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 hard shot that kind of deflected through and yeah. ended up falling to the feet of Jorginho, and he kind of oh. just sort of left foot dragged it wide, and Pulisic is is standing maybe two feet away, yeah. and you got to think. If that ball hits Pulisic and he controls it, he's at least he he's at least putting it on frame. I don't think he misses three shots. Um, so, yeah. and then I'm going to add in, uh, you know, Pulisic takes PKs, and I think we're going to create problems for teams. I think we're going to run at teams. We're going to cause issues, and if we get PKs, he's going to be converting them. So, wow. I think think especially if we get out of the first group, we put some points on the board and score some goals. Pulisic will be that guy. Um, but it's going to take a team effort. It's going to take Weston McKinney weighing in with those mm -hmm. headers. It's going to take guys um taking some pot shots and and you know scoring from some odd angles and, and and manufacturing some goals when it's needed but i do think if he's on form and healthy Pulisic's going to lead the way okay ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first at the hey aaron segment and once again that was masterfully done my friend masterfully done um ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to the uh red and the blue soccer chat and uh it's my second favorite part of the show where uh, my good, dear friend Aaron gets to send us out with the final word. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, tuning in. Aaron, what you got for us tonight, brother? Yeah, touched on it a little bit earlier. And uh, 
you know, I, I think we sometimes take uh, the game for granted mm. and, and what it gives to us. And we don't always get, um, you know, these tremendous performances. Um, you know, I'd, I'll liken it to this. I, I'm a fish fan. Yeah. And uh, I've gone to see them many, many times. And they're constantly playing and they're constantly turning out kind of a, a new kind of take on, on what they're always doing. <clears throat> but because of that, some nights you don't always catch them on the best night. And it's still mm-hmm. it's still enjoyable and yeah. you're glad you went and you have a good time. And you probably got to see them do something fun and different. But every once in a while you're there for one of those shows that people talk about for years to come. Wow. And what we got to see over the weekend, some of the games we've gotten to see in the last few days are exactly what we want. And you almost can't really expect to get it on a regular basis because it is something that has to kind of come together with teams building toward something and teams run into each other at at different times Mm -hmm. and, you're always going to get some good rivalry games, right? It doesn't matter if IU or Purdue is actually in the top 25 or not. It's probably going to be a good game, yeah. right? They're going to fight for it. Right. But I'm talking about those classics, those games where the presence of one team elevates the game mm-hmm. of the other mm-hmm. and vice versa, and it's it's a heavyweight boxing match, yeah. and they go toe-to-toe for 15 rounds, and sometimes it's tied, and they do it again. So it'd be pretty cool <clears throat> if... Uh, Maybe we come out of this the other side, and we get a Liverpool Manchester City Champions League final, which I think is a possibility. Yeah, because it's going to be yeah, it's uh, Real and Real and Villa. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's Liverpool via Real and uh, City Madrid. Madrid. So if they go through, yeah. that's what we're going to get. Oh and my folks, gosh. I, I'll be honest. I think no matter what, I think we're going to get a good final. Mm-hmm. But when two teams start to learn each other. <sighs> Man. That's that's really really you know when you get the poke and, and prod and, mm-hmm. and the figuring each other out and you get some fantastic football matches. So I agree. Uh, hopefully, you all get the metaphor there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Is it kind of like Apollo Creed and you know, Rocky <laughs> Balboa? Is that it? Or? Uh, that was a good one. That yeah, was that was, that was that was definitely a classic. Um, yeah, they got three movies out. They did. They did. Actually, four. True. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. Well, three and a half. I was going to say, <laughs> Paulo's not so happy about that fourth movie. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, um, look, in let, let's put it this way. Enjoy what you enjoy, and then really, really remember to uh, lean in when you get the good ones. There you go. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, um, my good friend just sent us out, and... Uh, we're going out to our theme music. Guys, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure to tell your friends. Um, hit us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. It's the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat with Aaron and Evan. And uh, guys, love you all. Aaron, what are the hashtags, brother? Uh, hashtag the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. Hashtag the Evan and Aaron Show. Hashtag Segay. Hashtag. Hashtag Black People Vote. Stay golden, folks. Love you. <laughs>